you've got to get that system set up and you've got to get used to putting stuff out there and knowing, like play the long game because it is a long game. So don't be disheartened if you're putting content out there, especially if you're brand new. Like I, I beg you, and I know if you're if you're fighting a war on two fronts, and what I mean by that is on one front, you're learning how to do this for the first time. So you're learning how to, you know, actually create content, be it written content or a podcast or videos or whatever. You're struggling there and it's taking you a long time to do that. And then on the other side, you're not seeing results from it yet. That's a big hurdle to get across, but I'm telling you, stick with it. Keep putting the content out there. You're going to get better on both fronts. You're going to get better on the creation front where you're going to figure out how to create the content in a more streamlined fashion. Your content's going to get better. You're going to get better and better at it. And then on the other side, people are going to start to notice, but it just takes time. There's a lot of noise out there. You got to just find your audience. Keep putting your stuff out there. Welcome to Market Like a Rockstar with your host, RPI. Bridging the gap between business, mindset, and marketing, this is your invitation to stop selling and start telling. Dive into a world where stories and advice aren't just shared, but crafted to build brands that resonate, captivate, and earn trust. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, or a marketing professional, let's hit the road to brand empowerment together. Your journey to becoming a magnetic brand starts now. Market like a rock star, episode nine. You are here. My name is RPI. I will be your host as always. Thanks so much for taking the time to check out this podcast. Today, we're going to dive into a handful of topics. The first thing we're going to get into is the importance of creating content, even when it feels like you're not making any progress at all. Then we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about a book called Atomic Habits, which you you might know about. If you don't, I definitely want to tell you about it, to give you my take on it. Then we're going to get into uh, a coping mechanism that I use as a small business owner all the time. Uh, I'll just call it the audacity and we'll leave it at that until we dive deeper into that. And then we've got a couple um, marketing like wins and losses that I want to talk about. The first one is we're going to talk about the solo stove CEO being fired after a campaign went incredibly viral. And then we're also going to contrast a company doing very well with social media and a company that did very poorly using social media. All that and more on this episode of Market Like a Rockstar. The first thing, as I said, first thing we're going to talk about today is... I got an email. Um, this is a guy that I got an email from a guy that I went to college with and I'm acquaintances with him. Um, not close friends or anything like that, but he's, uh, I think he does like kind of like, like, uh, professional coaching type stuff. And I crossed paths with him. I mean, years ago. And he was actually, I think he was leaving his corporate job to go out on his own. And so I always like to support people that are betting on themselves. I love it. I love to see people doing it. And so I signed up for his email list. Um, and I don't know if I'm necessarily one of his, uh, you know, if I'm a prime candidate of his, but I, I read his emails and they come and some of them are really good. And this week he sent something that I thought was so, it was really well written and it was to the point. And I'm going to share it today. His name is Corey Carlson. And the email that he uh, sent, I'm going to read it to you and then I'm going to give you my two cents on it. So I'm going to read it off this screen over here. And this is what it said. Sometimes posting for your business on social media can feel pointless. At a macro level, I've had success posting on social media. I have found coaching clients, speaking engagements, podcast guests, and even found a travel agent for our 25th wedding anniversary this summer. However, there are some dry spells in posting and can be discouraging. So I wanted to provide some encouragement if you're in a dry spell. 
Recently, I had a sales call that only took 20 minutes. Why? Because the prospect has been watching me for months. Let me explain. My recent prospecting call only took 20 minutes until he said yes to joining my group coaching program, Intentional Leader Alliance. The call was short because he was paying attention and I had no idea. So here are a few reminders to encourage you. Number one, keep pushing out content. This prospect said, and I quote, I have followed you for months. I don't remember him liking or commenting, yet he was watching. So keep posting. You don't know who is watching. Number two, keep serving your existing clients. This prospect said, comma, I talked to some people who worked with you. So keep serving your clients with excellence as they are your best marketing tool. And number three, keep serving people even before they say yes to be a client. The prospect said that is really helpful during the first 20 minutes when I provided on-the-spot coaching to help him in the current situation. So keep the posture of giving more than you take. I share this to help you as sometimes we put out content and we don't know if anyone is watching or if it's worth it. Keep providing value. It's worth it. Again, Corey Carlson, and it looks like his his group coaching program is called Intentional Leader Alliance. So I want to give him credit for that because I think it's incredibly well said. And I, I am saying that because I, I am starting over with content creation. As I've said, if you've watched earlier episodes of the podcast, you know, this is episode nine. Okay. For six years, I did not do any social media posting for myself or any content creation for myself. I've been doing it for my clients. So I've got systems in place. The writing muscle is strong because I've been doing it so much. But it is so, it's so difficult to get started, especially if you're brand new to this game. If you're brand new to this game and you've got to learn all the logistical stuff, you know, as far as like how to post, how to shoot, how to edit, how to write, like all of these things are incredibly challenging. And then when you put something on top of it, like nobody's even looking at my content right? Nobody's commenting on it. Nobody's sharing it. Nobody's liking it. I'm not seeing any return on it. It makes it so easy to just say, you know what? Uh, my time is better spent. It, make it, you know, sending out cold emails, making cold calls, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm here to tell you, there are people looking at your content and even if they're not engaging with it, they are, they're lurking, right? They're there. And that doesn't discount them, but you can't, you can't track that stuff. I mean, you can see views and you can see analytics and things like that. But I really wanted to share this because we're right now I'm recording this. It's the first week of February. I know a lot of people probably had a new year's resolution. I'm going to start putting out content. They started, you know, they started strong. And if you're in this, you know, we're in the fifth week of the year, I think something like that. And you're, you've been putting in time, Right. And you might not be seeing results from it yet. And that is really disheartening. But I'm here to tell you, as somebody who's done this for my clients, and I've seen this exact thing that Corey's talking about happen for my clients, where they don't think they're, they, they're it's just like saw and wood. Like you're just, you're just on the, you're just grinding, grinding, grinding. You don't see any results. And then somebody comes up to you and says, hey, yeah, I really like that piece of content, you know? I had a client that was uh, interviewing somebody last week and, you know, it's hard to find good people these days. It really is. It doesn't matter what field you're in. And um, they asked him, they said, hey, you know, where did, uh, how'd you find out about our company? And he's like, I really like the content you guys are posting on LinkedIn. 
this guy is not commenting or sharing on our LinkedIn posts, but he saw it. And so again, I'm telling you, people are seeing your content. And the other thing of it is, it's a staggering number. It's almost, I think it's like 90% of the people on LinkedIn are not posting content. So that means only 10% of the people on the platform are actually creating content. That is an incredible opportunity for anybody to be putting content out there. And LinkedIn is, is one platform, but it's similar across the board. The vast majority of people are just consuming content. You know, they're not necessarily creating content. So be that different person. Be the person that puts yourself out there. And if you're stuck and, you're, and you feel like you're in quicksand right now, you're let's say you're five weeks in, you got your first month of stuff done, you've got to find, if you can somehow gamify the content creation process. And what I mean by that, for me, it's like, I know, like, I know I have to do this. And I know, like, you know, my videos are getting very, a small amount of views across the board. But I got to tell you, my YouTube, my YouTube numbers are pretty encouraging. When I look at how many people, like the amount of views I've gotten, the amount of hours of watch time, like it's not a lot if you compare it to somebody with 500, 1,000, 10,000 followers. But for somebody who just started doing this, you know, eight, when did I start doing October? You know, nine podcasts ago, whenever that is, for the last four months, the numbers are really good. And you're just, you've got to get that system set up and you've got to get used to putting stuff out there and knowing, like play the long game because it is a long game. So don't be disheartened if you're putting content out there, especially if you're brand new. Like I, I beg you, and I know if you're if you're fighting a, a, a war on two fronts, and what I mean by that is on one front, you're learning how to do this for the first time. So you're learning how to you know actually create content, be it written content or a podcast or videos or whatever. So you're 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 struggling there and it's taking you a long time to do that. And then on the other side, you're not seeing results from it yet. That's a really like, that's a, that's a big hurdle to get across, but I'm telling you, stick with it. Keep putting the content out there. You're going to get better on both fronts. You're going to get better on the creation front where you're going to figure out how to create the content in a more streamlined fashion. Your content's going to get better. You know, you're just going to get, you're going to get better and better at it. And then on the other side, people are going to start to notice but it just takes time. There's a lot of noise out there. You got to just find your audience, keep putting your stuff out there. That's my, that's my pep talk to those people that are, you know, maybe thinking like, ah, this is January's over, whatever. I didn't get any clients. I didn't get any, I I haven't gotten any uh, response from anything I've been posting. You know, don't throw in the towel, give it a year, give it the whole year. And I'm telling you, you'll be shocked at where you are. Um, and the next thing I wanted to talk about, so I, I had a, uh, I had a, 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 one of my clients has a son who is, he just turned 20 years old and I think he went to college for a year and decided, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not, I'm not getting enough out of it. So he said, I'm going to, I'm going to pause college and I, I really like marketing. And so he started working on, he's getting his Google certification um, to, for Google marketing stuff. And, and my client said, she said, Hey, you know, would you mind grabbing a cup of coffee with my son or, or, you know, he'd like to pick your brain. And I said, absolutely. I'd be thrilled to. Right. Um, cause I, again, like I said, I love seeing people, um, putting themselves out there. I love seeing people betting on themselves. And if somebody is young and this is advice that I, I gave him and I would tell anyone, 
Um, if you are, you know, college age, and if you're going to school for something, if you're not a hundred percent sure what you're going to college for, if you're, if you're not going to school to become a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher where you've got to have that degree, I would highly consider an alternate route because I can tell you as someone who works, you know, in marketing, um, I'm in the process of hiring more people right now. And I don't care at all about a degree. There are great professors out there and I don't doubt that at all. But my experience has been more often than not, if you are teaching in a classroom, you are not in the field. You are not turning a profit. You are not answering to a client who is demanding, you know what? I've got to justify spending money on you. And that is a totally different world. And that's something that college professors, quite frankly, they don't, they, they, they've never had to do it. So if you're looking at getting into something, especially like marketing, I would try to find a way. And I, I told this guy, I said, you know, I would, I would pick one or two skills and he already had done like some of the stuff he was, he was so, he's doing such a great job before I even talked to him because he's doing the, he's getting his Google certification done and he's really into photography. So he's focusing on photography and he is, uh, you know, he's like, he's gonna, you know, I said, set some time limits for yourself, give yourself another six or eight weeks and then go out and find your first client and use that photography skill set that you've got as good as you are, wherever you are at that point, go out and find somebody to pay you 10 bucks an hour. It doesn't have to be a lot of money, but go out and get real world experience because that's something that you can't replicate anywhere else. You can't just sit there and say, oh yeah, you know, um, like making something up or practicing is not the same as playing a game when it comes to marketing stuff. So if you can find somebody that actually uh, owns a business or needs help. And, and most people do need help with their, with social media, with content creation, with all of it. And if you have a, a skill that you can go in and offer and make it beneficial to them, I think you're going to be very surprised and pleased to, you know, to how open people will be to hiring you, you know, and if you're a, if you're a company and you're nervous about, you know, bring somebody in or, uh, hiring a social media team. This is a great way to dip your toes in the water. And I, and I often say, you know, don't, I would say, beware of, you know, your uh, hiring your nephew as an intern to run the social media for your, you know, your $20 million company for your small and medium sized business. That being said, if you find the right person, then it's a great thing all the way around. It's great experience for that person, for them to learn what it's like to really be a social media manager, what it's like to really be a content creator, how to, you know, get in there, figure out what's working. And, and it can be really, it can be really strong for them if they're the right person. The problem is if it's somebody that just wants to come in and be on cruise control and kind of punch in and punch out and just do whatever you tell them to do and, and they're not a self-starter, then I feel like you're going to end up losing that side of the battle. So like everything else, it's, it's, it's shades of gray, right? There's not just, there's not a set fix. Like you definitely shouldn't hire somebody that is 
uh, that is young and doesn't have any experience, or you definitely should hire that person. It's like, no, if that's the right person, if they come in with a good attitude and they work hard and they're problem solvers, then you're going to win. But if they come in looking for, you know, if they're entitled and lazy, you're going to lose. So you got to take those chances and you got to figure things out. And so I was kind of telling him like, okay, I would work on, you've got your Google certification coming. You've got your photography. Those are two great skills. Just those two things alone are marketable. So you find a client, you push that. And the other thing that I told him was, um, you know, getting your time management figured out because when you work for yourself, you can lose a day like that, like in five seconds. It's so easy to waste time. So one of the things that I've done over the last six years, especially as I've been self-employed, was really focusing on time management, tracking my time, seeing where I'm spending my time, you know, what's the most effective use of my time, every single thing that I do that can be sped up, things that aren't creative, I want to, if there's a system or a process involved, I'm constantly optimizing that system or process so that I can spend less time doing tasks that are, you know, quite frankly, mundane. You know, they're just, they're blocking and tackling and they're important. But if I can really drill down on the systems and processes, number one, it helps me because I get more stuff done in less amount of time. And I also have a system for things. The other side of that is if I build the system properly and I build it well enough, then it makes it easy for me to hand that task off to someone down the road, which is where I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of that right now, which is like, okay, I instinctively had systems and processes that I did for every single task that I do. Well, okay, let's write those down and let's really follow those. Let's tidy everything up so that I could hand it off to somebody else. And if they had instructions, they could follow the way through it. So, you know, I would say anybody that's looking to get started in this field, go out there and find one or two skills that are marketable Get your time management buttoned up. And the other thing that I talked to him about, and this is something where um, I'm not a, I don't read 50 books a year. I probably should. I know that a lot of entrepreneurs, and I know there's a lot of studies that say people that read more books, there's a certain number, like the most successful people in the world read X amount of books per year. I don't read a ton of books, but the books that I read that I love I try to live by as much as possible. And there's a handful of those out there. Traction is one of them by Gino Wickham. I think his name is um, mindset. I think it by Carol Dweck, I think is, is her name. Um, but the other book that I just, I, I, I don't push it on people, but if people ask me for things, the other book that I cannot recommend enough, and I'm going to share my screen here is um, atomic habits by James clear. And I bring that up and I, and I brought it up when I was, talking to this young man because I said, in order for you to succeed, you're going to need to get momentum and getting momentum is hard when you're getting started. This also goes back to you starting creating content. If you're brand new to creating content, it is really, uh, it can be really challenging to keep going. So a lot of times it's, you know, there's a quote from this book where it basically the, I, I'm going to butcher it if I try to get it exactly right. But the idea of it is you succeed based on, you fall back on your systems and processes. So it's not about setting a big goal. It's about creating little systems and processes. The idea is you don't want to go out and become, uh, you don't want to run a marathon to lose weight. You want to become a runner and you want to do things that runners do. And that means that you start small 
But what I've found in life is if you can pick one thing, if you really want to get, you know, if you've got a list of things, like you want to get uh, better, you want to get your finances in order, you want to get in better physical shape, you want to succeed more in your business, whatever this is, like those are all huge, huge things. And they're all things that a lot of people, I know myself, I could always improve on, right? But one of the best ways to get moving on one of those things is to take one item and break it down to something you can do every day. And then you just build and build and build on top of that. So instead of saying, well, I've got a, you know, I've got a workout and, you know, like the 75 hard thing, you know, it's I, 75 hard is a great, um, I don't even know a sprint. It's, it, it's a 75 day challenge where you, you know, you drink a gallon of water, you work out twice a day. One of the times has to be outside. Um, and then what else you have to read? I think 10 pages of a, you know, like a nonfiction book. Um, you have to take a picture of yourself, like a progress picture for your, for your physical and for your, you know, your physical improvement. And then you also have to stick to a diet. Those are all like really great things. But if you're struggling and if you're like in the pit right now, then if you started with one of those things, if you started by saying, you know what, I am going to, I'm going to get my steps. I'm going to, I'm going to pick a number and I'm either going to say, I'm either going to hit 10,000 steps a day, or I'm going to improve. I'm going to get, I'm going to improve by 500 steps every week until I get to that 10,000 steps a day. And then I'm going to tack the water onto it. Then I'm going to attack the strength training onto it. And what does this have to do with, you know, business, marketing, content creation, et cetera? Well, the answer is everything. It has everything to do with that because you can take the exact same principle that is outlined in Atomic Habits. And this book is, it's such an easy read. And it's one of those things when you read it, you're like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Like everybody should be doing this. No doubt about it. Like everybody should be anybody that wants to succeed or wants to get better. They should start doing this. But you know, for me, at least I, I, I never had thought about it in the way that James clear laid it out in that book. And so when I was talking to this young man last week, I said, yeah, you know, I said, have you ever heard of the book called atomic habits? And he's like, yeah, my dad has told me to read it like five times. <laughs> And so I started laughing. I said, well, this is, we're getting ready to leave. I said, this is the thing. Go tell your dad that, you know, we went and grabbed a cup of coffee and we talked about marketing. And even though you've told me to read this book a half a dozen times, this random stranger I met told me to read it once and I'm going to read it now. I mean, I think it's hilarious, but you know, we all do that. I mean, it drives my wife crazy because she'll tell me things that, you know, tell me things to do. And then I'll, I'll come home and a friend will have told me the same thing. I'm like, Hey, this is a really good idea. And she'll just roll her eyes. She's like, yeah, I told you that six months ago or a week ago or whatever. You know what I mean? But my point is no matter where you are in life, if you're trying to get to the next level, be it with your content, be it with your business, be it with your finances, your, your personal, whatever, read Atomic Habits and start to implement that every day and follow those rules. And again, like I said, just let the momentum happen because it will, once you start doing one thing, once you start holding yourself accountable to one action, then the next action gets a little bit easier. And when it comes to creating content, that is the whole game is getting momentum and getting to the point where you know what? It's just what I do. I write a blog post every week. 
I create a podcast every week. I do a podcast every other week. I shoot a TikTok video every day. You get to that point by starting small and being reasonable and fighting through the suck, fighting through the hard parts and keeping your head down and saying, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to win. I mean, and for me, when I look back on it, I can track every single thing that I have achieved in my life back to the fact that I taught myself how to play guitar when I was 17 years old. Cause I sat down and, and I, I was talking about this with my wife yesterday. Cause she was listing out, like she's like, had this thing. She's like, Oh, talents and skills. I have to find talents and skills. And I brought up playing guitar and I, I, I hate the fact that people call guitar playing or any kind of musical instrument a talent. Cause I'm like, it's, it's not a talent. <laughs> it's a skill and playing guitar is anybody can do it. Like there are some people that the ceiling is a lot higher, right? For a John Mayer, um, for Jimi Hendrix, for Eric Clapton, you know, uh, for Derek Trucks, like the ceiling's a lot higher for those guys than it is for the average person. But anyone can learn to play guitar. And what happened for me was when I was 17 and I had strep throat over Christmas break and I had a tablature book and I wanted to learn how to play Stairway to Heaven. I know it's cliche, but I sat down and I sucked and I played the first three, the first three notes and it took me two weeks. And then the second three notes, it took me a week and a half. And then the third three notes, it took me a week. And then it just gradually got better and better and better. And God bless my roommates in college because it was my, that was my senior year of high school, my freshman year of college, same thing. I could play the first 12 seconds of every song on the radio and that was it. But my point is, I, I I figured out how to climb that mountain to where I got to the point where, yeah, I mean, I was, I was a good guitar player. I wasn't the best in the world, but I figured it out on my own and that made the next thing easier to learn. Oh, I could play harmonica. Well, I can figure it. I figured out how to play guitar. Why can't I figure this out? And that, that in your mind, like that will trigger something in your mind. Like, oh, I, I, I've started writing a blog. I didn't know what I was doing when I started writing this blog. Six months into it, you got a system and every Monday morning you wake up and you write a blog. So then the next year, you're like, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. I've never done a podcast before. Last year, I'd never done a blog before. I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to figure out the audio side of it. I'm going to figure out how to record stuff. Like, so just stack those skills on top of each other and, and just, you will be shocked at what happens when you start to get momentum. I mean, it's the best feeling in the world. It's the absolute best feeling in the world. And I am going to transition. <laughs> I'm going to transition right now. I was going to say segue. This is, there, there is no segue. But this next segment, the next thing that I really wanted to talk about. Um, so I'm going to go back to Seinfeld. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. You know, I'm old. What, what can I tell you? I grew up in the, you know, in the 90s. I was older in the 90s, but I, I just lived and breathed by Seinfeld. And to this day, I stand by it as one of the best, if not the best sitcom ever written. And there was an episode where I think the name of the episode was the serenity now. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and play a clip from this because I, I can't, I can't explain what uh, serenity now is as well as just the first like 10 seconds of this clip from the show. So I'm just going to go ahead and let this roll here. Serenity now, serenity now. What is that? Doctor gave me a relaxation cassette. When my blood pressure gets too high, the man on the tape tells me to say, Serenity now! So, 
the idea of it is um, essentially when George Costanza's dad gets upset about something, he just says, serenity now, right? And I, I didn't mean for this to become my serenity now, but I have my own serenity now, now, and I've got a story that goes along with it from an ex-client, and uh, I'm going to tell you about that now. So my serenity now is just saying the word, the audacity, the audacity. So now anytime I, like, let's say my wife gets home from work or, you know, I'm dealing with somebody or something happens and I just walk upstairs and she can just tell I'm in a mood. And I'm like, you're not going to believe what just happened. And she's like, just say it. And so I have to say it, the audacity. And I'm not the kind of person that hangs on to things that make me angry um, because that does you no good, right? And as a business owner, you're going to have things that just come flying at you and you're going to be like, I, this can't be real life. Like, I can't believe this is happening. So if you're going to own your own business, you've got to figure out how to take something, <laughs> process it, and then be done with it. And the other thing is I've learned that 99 times out of 100, when I am saying the audacity, it's not because somebody was trying to wrong me because most times people aren't trying to wrong you. You know what I mean? They just are lacking, uh, not spatial awareness. What do you call it? Um, oh my God. Uh, they're just, and I don't want to say, and it's not a, it's not an IQ issue. It's not like people are stupid or malicious. They're just not thinking about the thing that they're about to ask you to do. And so I'm going to break this down for you. I'm going to give you an example of when the audacity came into play. So last weekend, it was Sunday and it was the day of the AFC championship. And if you follow this podcast at all, you know, I'm a Kansas City, born and bred, struggling, sad Chiefs fan for the first 40 years of my life, very happy Chiefs fan for the last seven years of my life. Um, but I'm driving to go watch the AFC Championship game on Sunday. And I also need to, I need to go back in time a little bit. So last summer, I had a client who was one of my first clients and a, a guy owns a bar in Kansas City. Absolutely love this guy. Love this bar. I've known him since I was in college. He was one of the first, it was one of the first bars that booked my college band outside of my college town. So it booked me in Kansas city. Um, and so I've known this guy forever, super great guy. And he was one of my first clients that I brought on for when I started doing the social media thing back in 2017, 18, something like that. And, um, it, as a result, the other thing that, that I did coming out of the gate was I, I really underpriced my services and it was because I didn't, I didn't know any better in a lot of ways. And that was okay because uh, I've, I've kept a handful of my clients, but I would just, I would realize like, okay, I'm charging too little. So the next client I would charge a little bit more and say, okay, this is really where I need to be. And so that got me to where I am with my pricing now. But this is one of my first clients. He was still there kind of grandfathered in and I, I wasn't going to go and, and push and be like, Hey, you know what? You need to, you need to pay me twice as much or whatever. Um, and I say that because last summer I was sitting down with him for a meeting and he's like, yeah, he's like, you know what? I've just got to a couple of the women at our staff or a couple of our, our waitresses think that we'd be better off bringing our social media in house. And, um, 
I could tell, like, I didn't, I was like, oh, oh, okay. So you want to let me go? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. And, he, and I could tell he felt bad, but it was one of those things was almost kind of a blessing. Cause it's like, okay, yeah, great. I mean, I, you know, um, I have no hard feelings towards him at all. I think he's the best. He's always been great. Always been very fair to me. Um, and so he's like, wow, he's like, you've really made this easy. And I said, well, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity. You've been great to work for and with and all that stuff, you know? And again, it was, I had no hard feelings towards the guy. Um, at all. And so, you know, that was last, I want to say like July or August. It was, it was a while ago. It's February now. So if, if you're watching this in the future, there's a six month window there. So, um, and this is just a bar where I would go in there, you know, once a month and take pictures and post pictures from the bar or whatever. And so when the chiefs would play, I'd go in and take pictures and stuff like that. Um, and then when the chiefs play again, you post pictures of people, chiefs and chiefs gear watching the game. Right. Okay, so fast forward, I'm driving to uh, another bar to watch the AFC Championship with my wife last Sunday, and I get a text from one of the waitresses at this bar, and she says, hey, Ryan, do you have any pictures of people watching Chiefs games here that you can send me? And I'm like, uh, I look at the text, and I'm driving, and we're almost pulling up to the bar, and I, I tell my wife, I'm like, you're not going to believe this. And she's like, just say it. The audacity. The audacity of you to lobby for my job. And then six months later, text me and say, hey, can you help me out a little bit? For free, for free I guess. I don't know. I, I just, I, in my mind, I cannot imagine thinking like, hey, you know what? Uh, yeah, we fired you six months ago, but did you do that thing? And <laughs> could, you, could you help us out? And again, I have no hard feelings towards the owner of this company or the, the managers of this place. I don't, like, it's cool. You know, things happen. But actually, like, if you hire somebody and you let them go, I guess I have to t say this. Like, don't come back and ask them, for things that you didn't value enough to keep them on the payroll, right? I mean, it just seems, to me, it seems, it just seems, I can't even wrap my head around it because I can't imagine letting someone go and then hitting them up for a favor, especially a favor that was like directly what their job was that you basically are saying, hey, we can do this better than you. Which, and again, I have access to the analytics and that always makes me feel better. Sometimes when I get to look at people's analytics after I've walked away and I get to see what they were doing when I was there versus what they're doing now. And I'm like, oh, well, look at that. I guess I was doing a pretty good job. <laughs> so that made me feel pretty good. But anyway, maybe it's something you can use in your life when people come at you and you know, again, I know that this, this, this woman was not trying to like attack me. Like I know she wasn't being malicious, but I, I just... The audacity, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you, what are you actually, like, how is this okay in your mind? Can't wrap my head around it. Cannot wrap my head around it. And uh, just like that, I have no segue. I have no segue for this next topic, just like I didn't have a segue for the last topic. But I did see this uh, pop up in the news. I don't know, this is fairly recent. So uh, I remember seeing the, uh, the solo stove campaign with Snoop Dogg, whenever that happened, it was in the last month or something. And I'm going to go ahead and 
I've got a clip that breaks down the whole situation. I'm going to share that clip and then I am going to, uh, after I share that clip, I'm going to give you some of my experience with viral videos and, and what that means for you as a company, why you should or should not be shooting for getting a viral video, et cetera, et cetera. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and play this guy. I have an announcement. I'm giving up smoke. I know what you're thinking. I bet you weren't thinking the CEO of the company behind this viral ad was about to be fired, but that's exactly what happened. Here's how it all went down. Remember when Snoop Dogg said he was giving up smoke? The Instagram post had nearly 5 million likes and duped media orgs around the globe. Snoop, smoke is kind of your whole thing, but I'm done with it. Days later, the weed enthusiast revealed the smoke he was referring to was the one around the fire pit. Solo stole fixed fire. They took out the smoke. Clever. The ad had more than 50 million views on Instagram alone. Clever indeed. Or was it? The ad had everyone talking, Ad Age ranked the collab the 18th best ad of 2023, and John Maris, the CEO of Solo Brands, wrote a 44-post thread on X about how they scored the dog father of smoke as Solo Stove's first ever spokesperson. One month later, it all backfired for him. Because while the ad raised brand awareness and expanded Solo Stove's audience, it did not lead to the sales lift that we had planned, interim CFO Andrea Tarbox said. That's the whole purpose of the commercial, right? <laughs> right. Plus, paying Snoop's not cheap, and the increased marketing investment negatively impacted the company's earnings. The company announced John Maris is out, and Vista Outdoor CEO Christopher Metz is in. So I thought that was absolutely fascinating for multiple reasons. Um, first of all, every now and then you will have clients that their measure of success is virality, right? And they're also looking at, um, you know, what are commonly known in the industry as vanity metrics. Like how many likes did you get? How many shares did you get? Things like that. And those things are obviously important, right? You want to, you want to raise brand awareness like they did with solo stove. The issue is that doesn't necessarily translate to more sales. So when it comes to making content and things like that, I, I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is for you to think about how that content will be used. Because again, if you are a small and medium sized business and you're putting out content, you know, and it goes back to what we started this podcast off with, where we were talking about putting out content, and not really seeing any results. And all of a sudden somebody's like, Oh yeah, I've been watching your stuff for six months. And you're like, well, you've never commented on it, liked it, but that person ends up signing on for your service or purchasing your product or whatever it might be. So, Really, when you look at virality and and the idea of getting a lot of eyeballs on your content, that seems like it should be the goal. But the reality of it is you need to have content that is going to work for you in some capacity. And what that generally means is having a healthy mix of content that will get eyeballs and sometimes that means, you know, doing stuff that's more trendy or meme oriented, things like that. Um, 
and doing, and obviously, again, I've, I'm a very big proponent of selling less in your content um, and really bringing value to people. And I think that that value, it, it can come in many different shapes and sizes. You know what I mean? You can bring value to people by, um, by making them laugh by making them um, feel something, like making them feel emotional about something like that. Um, sharing stories is great for this. Uh, and again, I, I look at my clients that are in service-based businesses and and actually what's crazy is they are starting to get quite a few views on YouTube. You know, they're getting a handful of their videos have got 10, 11,000 views on them. And this is not somebody that's trying to become a YouTuber. They're not trying to, you know, like run the table on YouTube. But what's happening is over the last three years, we've been creating content and we've been following the, they ask you answer playbook, which is my client has been installing hardwood floors for God, I don't know, 15 years at this point for a long time. And he knows a ton of stuff about hardwood flooring installation, refinishing. I mean, you name it, he's seen it because he's been doing it. And he knows, you know, aside from, you know, doing the actual like SEO work, like going to answer the public, he knows what people ask because he's answering these questions all the time. And so for him, it's nice that some of these, some of these videos are getting a lot of views on YouTube, but the reality of it is for him, the real value is he goes out and runs a bid with a prospective client and they ask him about a handful of things that he's answered a million times. So we have videos for them. So then when he leaves, he gets to follow up with them and say, hey, thanks so much for your time today. I hope we get the opportunity to work with you in the future. I know you'd ask me about these questions and I answered them for you, but I wanted to share, we have videos around this subject and he can send those to people. So again, that video, that content is working for him in a way that is really, it's hard to track and measure and it's hard to see that stuff. So when it comes to content strategy, creating high quality content doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get Snoop Dogg and that you have to go go viral. You know, I had a client and this was, you know, there's been, I think like two or three times in the last six years where actually, yeah, really just this, this was probably the most obvious example of it just not being a good fit for me and somebody else. Like when I think back over the time, I can't think of anybody else, but there was a client that um, they called me in and this was right when, gosh, I mean, it was around, I think COVID, it might've been like early 2021. Like I think we were past getting past the pandemic and all that. Um, but they had had an employee that had started a TikTok channel and it was her personal channel, but she was like, filming stuff at work. Right. And she was, she was a young, like college age girl and she was super personable and she was great. And she had, it was right when TikTok was just giving out views. I mean, you, if you were on TikTok, you were getting a ton of views and she had ended up when she left, like she ended up quitting and going somewhere else. So they ended up buying her TikTok channel from her so they could use it smart, right? So they could continue to create content for it. And I remember like, I mean, they had some viral, they had some viral moments on there and they were selling something that it could be shipped nationwide. So it wasn't, they weren't a, a true e-com company, but they, they had e-com capabilities. Um, 
and, and they, they brought me in and they were, they were so adamant about just creating viral content. And I, I had to really try to explain that, look, the reason this content was viral is because of the creator that you had. And I cannot take, and I'm not, I'm not going to be the on-screen persona that follows up a 20, a 22 year old girl, right? That the people that loved her and thought she was bubbly and cute are not going to find me appealing at all. Like I'm just, I'm not the same person and you can't fake that stuff. And that was something where I could not explain. I said, look, we can create content here um, and we can, you know, we can follow best practices and we can create a strategy and we can make that move. But the virality that you're looking for is going to be very difficult to get. And that's not necessarily going to translate into sales. You know what I mean? But, and this guy, again, it didn't work out. So let's just say we didn't see eye to eye on things. And it took about three months before we went our separate ways, thankfully. Um, But my point was he was so, he was just so enamored with, virality and going viral. And it's just, that's, to me, it's like, uh, that should not be your goal. In my opinion, the goal should be create valuable content that is helpful to people, that is insightful, that will make people think, that will make them laugh, et cetera, et cetera. And do that for a while. That way, if you do have a piece of content go viral, hopefully it's for the right reasons, hopefully it's a good reason that it goes viral, then people can find you they can go back and they can see your entire scope of work, the stuff you've been working on for the last year, two, three years, when you've just been doing the work and putting out content and putting out content and putting out content. And then when something takes off, then when people come and find you, they're like, oh, wow, this, this person is creating stuff that I like. I like their brand. I like their voice. I like what they have to say. I like their opinion. It's helpful, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think virality should ever be the goal of a content creator, I think that should be something where if it happens and when it happens, it's almost like a hole in one in golf. It's like, I mean, yeah, technically I guess you are trying, you are trying for a hole in one every time that you tee up on a par three. But the reality of it is like, just try to get better at golf. Just work on getting better at golf. Don't go out and say, I got to hit a hole in one every time. That should not be your goal. Your goal should be, I need to get better around the greens. I need to get just better in general. And then the hole in one or the virality, when it happens, it's just a bonus. It's just awesome. And it lifts everything else up that you've been doing. And if you've been working towards, you know, creating the, becoming the best content creator that you can be or creating the best content for your company, and then something takes off, then that's just going to end up paying you off in dividends in the long run. You know what I mean? So that was about it. Now we've got one other um, one other topic that I wanted to get into today. And this actually, it, there's a good and a bad side here. And this is stuff that's happened over the last like four or five months. So these are not, if you're very online, you have probably seen these stories. If you're not very online, then you might not have seen them. I'm going to start with kind of what I would call a social media disaster. Um, now, I had mentioned before, and I don't know if you've seen it or not, my, my wife and I are expecting our first child in like eight weeks, in seven weeks. So we are knee deep in uh, baby content <laughs> on social media, especially she is, and then she sends it to me, so the algorithms hit me with it, whatever, whatever. Well, there is a company called Kite Baby. I'd never heard of it. 
and they really, really fumbled the ball as it pertains to social media. And I've got another, this is like a little clip that's a news story that breaks down the whole entire situation. I'm going to let this roll and then I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. That's Marissa Hughes, who took to social media Friday to thank supporters after they learned that she was out of a job at clothing brand Kite Baby. Hughes' family said she was fired after not returning from maternity leave in order to care for her newly adopted son. He was premature, weighed one pound, and in a NICU nine hours from their Dallas home. According to Kite Baby's policy, an employee like Hughes, who had been with the company for at least six months, is allowed two weeks of paid leave. But when that time was up, Hughes' request to work remotely from the NICU was denied. When Hughes' story went viral, the backlash against the company was swift. I will no longer be supporting the brand as both a creator and a consumer. I wanted to hop on here to sincerely apologize to Marissa for how her parental leave was communicated. Kite Baby CEO Ying Liu posted not one, but two apology videos after her first attempt was widely panned as insincere. I just basically just read it. It wasn't sincere. Sincerely, what went wrong was how we treated Marissa. In that second apology, Lou went on to say Kite Baby will continue to pay Hughes and offered her a position with the company, in addition to announcing policy changes they hope to enact by February 1st. We don't think it would be appropriate for me to go back. So that story, that's a kind of a quick snippet of it, but basically it calls into play, you talk about virality, um, the potential for things to go viral and a company like Kite Baby, again, I don't know hardly anything about this company except for the fact that it's a company that's targeting like like uh, young, like infant mothers of infants, right? That's who they're targeting. So when that company comes out and basically takes a hard line, hard line stance against one of their own employees, back in the day, that didn't necessarily mean anything. But in 2024, that can come back to bite you in the ass big time. So social media, is a, it's, it's a double-edged sword. So anything that you do, you have to understand it can be turned into a viral moment for either good or for bad as a company. And, that, and again, this company, this wasn't a company that was putting out a piece of content. This was their internal policy. This was something that happened in the store or in the store, in the company internally. And they basically said, yeah, there's no, we're not going to let you, you know, work from home. I think the, the, uh, the gal had, she wanted to work remote while her, uh, her adoptive baby was in the NICU. That was the long and short of it. And they said, no, you can't do that. You're fired. You either come to work or you're fired. Now, again, I, I got to take my personal side out of it because I can't imagine, um, good people are so hard to find. I can't imagine being that hard lined against an employee, especially one that was, uh, you know, dealing with an infant in the NICU, which is stressful enough. I can't even, especially as somebody who is getting ready to have a child and just, you know, hoping and praying and doing everything we can to get, to have everything go smoothly, everything we can on our end, things are just not going to happen on the other side. So if you own a business or a company, understand that if you, make a misstep like this, there is no guarantee that that is not going to get out. 
And that to me is kind of the good side of social media. It's the fact that people are like, yeah, we have a voice now, right? So it, it's, it's a little scary. It's a little big brother-like. I understand that, but it is what it is. And I feel like a lot of people are still not grasping the fact that everything that you do or say, you almost need to be comfortable with it being shared with the world. And especially if you're a company, your actions, if you treat your employees or treat your staff horribly, or if you treat your customers horribly, you're really playing Russian roulette because at any moment that can come back and completely, just completely destroy you as a company. Now on the flip side of this, this is, this is a story, I think it's back in November. So this story is a little bit old. If you're very online, you've probably already seen it, but I'm going to go ahead and share this. This is a guy named Ashwin. He absolutely crushes it on, um, on TikTok. He does a lot of content on, uh, on marketing and advertising and branding, things like that. This guy is just, he's brilliant beyond belief. I would say definitely follow him if you don't, but I am going to uh, go ahead and play this clip. And then I'm going to talk about this just in stark contrast to the kite baby story that we just heard about. If you work in marketing or social media, you're going to love what Stanley's doing here. A woman posted this TikTok yesterday, showing the remnants of her car, which was on fire. Everybody's so concerned about if the Stanley spills. But what about the milk? It's on a fire yesterday. It still has ice in it. That video is at 30 million views right now. There is not a stronger endorsement that you could get for the Stanley mug. So instantly I'm thinking, okay, Stanley needs to get involved here. And less than a day later, Stanley responds. But there's one more thing. We've never done this before and we'll probably never do it again, but we'd love to replace your vehicle. And that is the perfect response. President of Stanley gets on TikTok, says, I'm so sorry what you've gone through. We're going to send you Stanley, but we're also going to send you a new car. Stanley's going to spend maybe $30,000, $40,000 for a car, which they probably already made up in sales from the original video. But just from the sheer exposure that they get, this video is already at 8 million views within a day. And the insane goodwill that they're building, it is just excellent execution. And honestly, if I'm Kia, I'm getting in here. I'm trying to get her a new car. Or if I'm Ford, built Ford Tough, I'm trying to do a little partnership with Stanley, built to last. This is how brands need to be using social. So I just love, I absolutely love the the contrast of virality going incredibly wrong and virality going incredibly right. Because again, you can't count on virality happening. You can't, you can try, you know, again, follow best practices, put out good content, et cetera, et cetera. But more often than not, things go viral just on a whim, by chance. So you can't really count on that. But what you can do is say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat people well. You know what I'm saying? Keep the receipt, be, be a good person to your staff and to your, your, your customers and understand that that eventually will end up paying off in the long run. And you should be doing it anyway. Like you should, like you should be treating people well just because it's the right thing to do. But if you need to know, hey, look, at any moment, your behavior can be put under a magnifying glass and shown to the entire world, okay? So I hope you don't need the idea that the entire world can be looking at you under a microscope in order for you to do the right thing. But if you do, that's a pretty good reason to try to do the right thing because at any moment, the entire world can be looking at you under that microscope. You know what I mean? So you can't really aim for virality, but in the on the content side of things, if you continue to put out good 
consistently good, consistently getting better content that is true to you, that's true to your values, true to your company's values, then on the off chance that something does go viral, it's only going to help you. And the positive, the positivity is just going to spin. And also the guy from, from Stanley, the CEO of Stanley, or the, I, I don't know exactly what his role was, but how about that? I mean, they turned that around from the time that that woman posted the original video of her car being on fire and the Stanley surviving it. They turned that around in a matter of a day. So be aware, pay attention to what's going on in the world, especially when it comes to social media stuff and figure out how you can capitalize on it as a business owner. Keep your eyes and ears open because you never know when the opportunity for you to do something that is not only beneficial to people, but will also help your brand or your company look great. That's going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for checking out episode nine of Market Like a Rockstar. I can't tell you how much it means to me. Uh, like I said, we're just getting started with this podcast. I'm having a great time doing it. So if you like this, be a friend, tell a friend, stop selling, start telling, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Market Like a Rockstar. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. Help us out and share this episode with anyone that you think might get value from it. For more info, correspondence, and links to all of our socials, visit the website, rockstarmarketingpod.com. Until next time, go make some content, build your brand, and be sure to stop selling and start telling.